millions around the world are familiar with the channeled wisdom of Bashar. Empowered messages for a living that Daryl Anka has delivered to both audiences and individuals for nearly 35 years. In this special episode of Higher Journeys, filmed on location at the 17th Annual Conscious Life Expo, we tackle the idea of time. What is it really? And moreover, what is our relationship to time, particularly if time and reality itself are illusory? In this short 30 minutes or so, Daryl sheds light on this big question based on the perspective of Bashar. But that's not all we tackled. We'll also hear about the importance of understanding what the shift really means. Are we accelerating? Or are we simply imagining that we are? How do you move into a higher frequency in order to identify and act on your passion? And why is understanding reality as a paradox so important to our development and growth? Complex questions for sure. But as always, Bashar is seamless in his explanation about the true nature of existence and of ourselves. Look who I've got here with me, Mr. Daryl Anka, uh, known for channeling Bashar. But to me, he's, he's, he's just Daryl because uh, I consider you a friend. We have not had a, a proper chat for close to eight years now when True. we were last in uh, Connecticut at a yes. tapas bar talking about all things, everything that you can imagine under the sun. But I am so delighted that you're here with me at the Conscious Life Expo, yeah. 17th Annual Conscious Life Expo in Los Angeles, of which you will be giving, uh, well, I keep saying giving a speech. It will not be you. It will be Bashar. Yes. Uh, but you'll first show up, and then we'll go into Bashar. And I will, and he'll come through with the topic <laughs> he's going to talk about, which is going to be uh, about time and the idea that the past, the present, and the future mm. exist within us and how we can use that knowledge to our benefit. Um, so I'll be talking about that, or he will, tonight. Okay, great. Well, let's talk about that. The, I did have a little bit of a sneak peek as to what, uh, what topics would be approached, not the least of which is the illusory nature of time, and I find that to be, have always found that to be an intriguing concept. And obviously, uh, the idea of simultaneous time right. has been talked about in many circles, <clears throat> uh, particularly in, in the quantum realm. Sure. This idea that linear, the linear structure of past, present, and future is simply a construct right. that unfurls within the 3D. Right. And yet I think a lot of us, particularly that are in this research, know that there's something much more to that. We've had glimpses of time being simultaneous through the process of deja vu even. Right. So I think the evidence is there. But I, I'd love to hear more based on what you've been able to glean from Bashar on his thoughts on what we're really looking at here when, when he says the illusory nature of time. Well, I mean, again, like you're saying, he is talking about the fact that, in a sense, everything exists all at once. We create this structure, this scenario of linear time, in a sense, in order to have a process that we can't necessarily have in a relatively timeless state. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like saying you forget who you are, so that you can go through a process of remembering who you are, but from a new point of view, mm -hmm. a new perspective, and that way you get to discover something about yourself that you didn't necessarily know, and that's how you grow. He's basically saying <clears throat> the idea is that there is a structure to existence that never changes, and therefore the only thing that can change is your experience or perspective of the structure. And in order to create different perspectives, you have to create this illusion called time, mm -hmm. which he's basically basically saying is a side effect, mm -hmm. a side effect of our consciousness 
shifting focus through billions of different parallel realities per second. That's the way we create this idea of change and growth and time and space. Otherwise, we don't experience it that way at all. From the spirit level, you get a more holistic view and you can perceive things as being overlapped and not necessarily fixed in time. Um, so it's, a, it's an interesting device that our consciousness has created to allow us to have a particularly focused experience of change and discovery that we call physical reality. That's interesting that you say that the consciousness is what's sort of creating this construct yeah. rather than something outside of us creating it for us. Right, there are no, a lot of factors yeah. here. What I really want to get to, Daryl, is what's happening right now. Now, I know that Bashar's is perennial wisdom, but I do think, and I, I think you may agree, that there's, there is this sort of acceleration we call it the shift, yes. acceleration of uh, frequency, yes. and thus people's experience of time is, is shifting along with it. What, exactly. What are your thoughts on that? What's happening right now? Well, again, it kind of first goes back to the idea that Bashar is saying what you're realizing more and more is that you're already shifting very quickly. So the idea of the acceleration is not that we're actually accelerating. We're already shifting billions of times a second. But when your consciousness becomes more aware of the fact mm. that you're already shifting, <clears throat> you experience that awareness in physical terms as an acceleration because you're starting to get closer to the frequency at which you actually are changing. So when you become more aware, you expand your consciousness, your senses start being capable of picking up on what's actually happening in the underlying mechanism that helps us create this reality. And the closer you get to that underlying mechanism, things start to feel like they're happening more all at once. You start to live in the moment. But even though the idea, here's the paradox, the idea of living in a moment seems like it would mean that time slows down mm -hmm. or you don't experience as much of it, which is also true. But as long as we are anchored into the physical experience, we experience living in the moment as an acceleration because that's the definition of physical reality is that things change over time. Are we less anchored in the physical construct right now, do you think? Is yes. that starting to relent, yes. do you think? Yeah, because we're going back to remembering who we are and who we really are is not this. This is a part of us. Absolutely. But our natural state is something more. And so as Bashar has sort of described it, we never really actually leave spirit, for lack of a better term. Sure. That's our natural state. We are dreaming that we've left while we're still in spirit. This is a dream we're having there. I've heard that before. Yeah. yeah. So the idea is as we are waking up from the dream and realizing that physical reality is a dream, is a projection of consciousness, mm. is an illusion, then we start experiencing the malleability and flexibility of space and time and things start kind of becoming very loose. And we can experience synchronicity, deja vu, all sorts of other ways of experiencing the idea that Time is an illusion, Absolutely. but we still experience it in certain ways because we're still experiencing some degree of physical reality. Mm. Fascinating. Keyword, malleability or plasticity. Yeah. It always makes me think <clears throat> of uh, the work of the late, great Michael Talbot, as mm. you well know, wrote The Holographic right, Universe. And right. As I was studying that book, and you don't just read it, you don't just thumb through it, you have to study it. But I resonated with so much of that, that material, but what really got me is through the holographic model, the, the plasticity or malleability of reality itself resonated with me. Yeah. 
you know, you're you're speaking in terms of we, you know, we as a collective, mm -hmm. we're going through this process mm -hmm. and right. developing. But is it all of us uh, that that is realizing and and moving through this, understanding the plasticity of reality? Yes, and no, okay. because we have a collective, but not everyone as an individual has to take that path. So while the collective is supporting the ability to take that path, mm -hmm. there are many individuals who may not necessarily experience that path by their own choices or their own belief systems. Are they affected by it, though, at some level? Only if they wish to be. Only if they wish to be. Well, when I say that, I mean almost, you almost think of it like the butterfly effect, where mm -hmm. uh, somebody will do something on one side of the world and somehow there's an effect non-locally at another. So yes. maybe on an unconscious level even. On an unconscious level, they may perceive that that's an option for them. But since we are left with conscious free will as part of the description of being physical, they have the opportunity to be both aware of it and to choose to be affected or not affected by it because it's always a matter of personal choice. Mm -hmm. So you have to remember, you have to match a vibration and agree in order to actually have a shared reality mm -hmm. because the shared reality is an illusion in a sense because we each have our own experience of reality. Absolutely. So we have to sort of overlap like two bubbles overlapping, two circles overlapping to get that <clears throat> vesica piscis in the middle there that Venn diagram, mm -hmm. uh, and it's within that that we have the shared experience. Otherwise, no, but you have to do that by your own agreement, whether consciously or unconsciously. Right. So I think everyone is affected in the sense that everyone is being given the opportunity to realize they can make a change, but they still have to match the frequency to experience Agreed. the change. So in your personal estimation, Daryl, do you think as you're looking from your purview, mm -hmm. are you seeing We've got 7.5 plus billion people on this right. planet, and obviously you can't know what all of them are doing, but are you seeing um, a shift that would be considered a mass shift in consciousness I in am. that regard? Are you I really? Am, but that's in my reality. In your reality, ah. Right, ah. it's because that's the vibration that I'm keying to, is to know that that shift is happening and mm -hmm. be able to perceive it, whereas there may be other people who don't perceive it at all. At all, yeah. So, yeah, in my reality, I do see the acceleration. I okay. do see the shift. And. I'd be curious to know as you talk to, to the lay people on the street, if you will, do you ever try to procure, uh, in, not procure information, but try to get a sense just in the, in the person walking on the street? Is there a shift happening with them? I, I find this whole thing to be so fascinating, what we're seeing a trend of. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is I don't necessarily have to go up to them. The synchronicity sort of brings them to me. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. And that's an indication to me of what vibrational bubble I'm in. Mm. So I, I don't really have to pursue them. It's just an automatic function of operating on that frequency mm -hmm. that you start to get. Because the whole idea is that, is that someone operating on that frequency is thinking holistically and is thinking of integration and inclusion and connection. Therefore, it, one of the results of being in that vibration is suddenly to find people connecting with you mm -hmm. that are of like mind. Mm -hmm. That's just the way it, it, There's it no works. There's no doubt that's happening. Absolutely. I, I think, that's, just, that's, that's just physics, because yeah. what you put out is what you get back. Absolutely. I love that. What you yeah. put out is what you get back. Let's talk about going with the flow. This is obviously an <laughs> aphorism that's been used throughout sure. the ages, but mm -hmm. it's also something that Bashar Mm -hmm. has adopted and I think I can quote him here where he says uh, uh, we need let's see we need to do not to surrender control in other words going with the flow does not mean surrendering control but Correct. rather to surrender to the quote control that's already built within you right can you elaborate on what Bashar is talking well, about? well in other words he's basically saying look 
if you look at, like, say, creation or existence as an ocean, <clears throat> there are currents in that ocean. Everyone is their own unique current. Your current already is designed for you. So your current knows where you need to go. So going with the flow is knowing that you don't have to make the current take you mm -hmm. where you need to be. Mm -hmm. You have to let the current Absolutely. take you because it, it's already designed to do that. Now you can fight it, you can resist it, you can swim against the current, but that's where the problems come from. That's where the struggle and difficulties and pain comes from mm -hmm. is resistance to the natural flow of your being. Mm -hmm. We are always being shown what our current is, what I call our, our magnetic compass direction by the things that create passion in our lives. That's the vibration, physical translation of the vibration, that is a communication from the higher mind in its own language, which is energy. So when you find things that are attractive to you, that are, you're passionate about, that is the communication from the higher mind saying, this is you, this is your flow, this is your current, this is the frequency of your true self. Mm -hmm. You can resist it, but that's where you get into trouble because if that's your path, that's fine. If you need to learn a lesson by resisting it, that's fine too. There's no judgment in it. But going with the flow is much easier because that is your true self. That's your natural self. And you will receive everything you need by doing that. Right. I'm just thinking now, and again, I'm, I'm looking at sort of status quo reality and all mm. the pressures that are designed to help us do anything but go with the flow. It, <laughs> it makes it so difficult for people to even identify what that flow is. Right. right? But that's why Bashar always brings it down to some very simple idea that is representative of passion because most people can yeah. tell even on a simple level day to day this is a little more exciting than that this is a little more exciting than that Absolutely. as long as they keep choosing that thing it'll grow and become more obvious as to what your passion path is but it can start small and then it can snowball you can always pick something that's a little bit more exciting than something else. I absolutely Even if it's agree. taking a walk, reading a book, seeing a movie, talking to a friend, doesn't matter. Just start the ball rolling. Yeah. It'll build. People need to, to do that. I'm, I'm thinking now of the last radio chat we had about two years ago, I think, where the theme was passion. And you gave this example of a woman. Actually, I think it was a little clip that I showed of a woman who uh, um, <clears throat> she wanted to travel the world. The photographer. There you go. Yes. Would you give us a snapshot of that again? Because that's a fabulous example yeah. of identifying passion and cashing in on it without, with zero money, by the way. Yeah, this is a friend, it's, and yeah. she's a very fabulous photographer, and her dream was to travel around the world and photograph all of the sacred sites, pyramids, Stonehenge, Machu Picchu, what have you. Now, she didn't really have the money to do that, but because she was willing to stay in her state of passion, mm she was able to have an inspiration. Most people said that that inspiration was crazy because they didn't understand that vibrational level and what can happen in that state. But her crazy idea was, I'm gonna to go to the airline and I'm gonna ask them to fly me around the world for free. Okay, so, but she also knew there does have to be a balance. There has to be an exchange. There has to be fairness in this. It's not just about what's good for her. It's what's good for everybody. Mm -hmm. So by staying in that state, she went to the airline. She said, look, this is what I'd like to do. But if you do this, I will allow you to use these photographs in your brochures to attract people to your airline. Not only did they say yes, they paid her to do this, put her up in the best hotels, fed her the best food. She lived like a queen, didn't spend a dime, and actually made money living her dream. I know that sounds like a fantasy to a lot of people, but I, what I like is that 
the example actually did happen to someone Absolutely. I know. And it can happen to anyone because that is the way reality works if you operate from that state. If you don't, it doesn't. We hear the word passion and it's used as, you know, it's kind of thrown around lightly. My passion this, my passion right. that. And I think there's been this <clears throat> equating passion with something that's, that's you know, uh, idle or, in other words, passion can't equate to a living, making a living, doing something Absolutely. There. And I've always been a proponent of don't do what you know, do what you love. If you do what you love, the know-how will come. Absolutely. And I think that's really the same thing that we're saying. It here. is, and because I, you can't conceive of things that you're not on the level of. So absolutely. when you're in your passion, what comes with it, and you're right, people don't get that, what comes with it is the information you need to continue. Absolutely. Because yeah. that's what's relevant for that yeah. level. Yeah. And it's always worked for me. I mean, you know, there was one time out of high school, I took a job that wasn't my passion at all. And I lasted about six months. <laughs> that was about it. You're lucky you lasted that long. <laughs> I know. From that point forward, I have never chosen to do anything that really wasn't my excitement. Now, I just did that even before I knew about Bashar. That's just the way I was built, maybe because of the fact that I ultimately was going to channel him and this information was going to come through. I don't know. Yeah. But I've always been doing that, and I've been doing that for half a century. It's always supported me, uh -huh. always. It's yeah. never failed to support me. Right. That's what comes with that state because it has to in order for you to continue to live in that state. It's part of that state. So people have to understand this is a holistic thing, not just a bunch of pieces trying to work together. What you need comes with the state by definition. That's a powerful message. Yeah. I think it's one we all need to meditate on I know I personally talk to individuals, and by the way, my journey is now, I am clearly in my passion, been doing this now, I can't believe it, for going on a decade, yeah. and the way has been provided. There have been numerous examples, millions of examples of individuals that have been able to Absolutely. exemplify that, but it seems that some people are, there's, there's this, this dissonance with, you know, no, I've got to do this, and clearly there can be stumbling blocks in the way, but I certainly there hope that be. now <clears throat> people are starting, and I do think people yeah. are starting to determine that, Finding a passion is necessary now, Absolutely. it's not an option. But the important so. thing also is like Bashar says, you have to honor your beliefs. So if you really don't believe your passion can support you, and even though you might be doing something that's not your passion, but it is what you believe you need to support you, mm -hmm. I wouldn't advise anyone quit that. Do it as long as you believe you need it, but at least take the time to act on your passion when you can. Right. Because as long as you keep doing that, eventually the passion will show you it can support you. And then you can sort of detach yourself from something that isn't your passion at whatever pace is comfortable Absolutely. for you. Because it's not about, as Bashar says, don't jump off a cliff if you don't think you have a parachute. You'll just right. go splat at the Absolutely. bottom. Yeah. So the pacing is up to you. There's no hurry. There's no rush. It's about the process. But I can guarantee from my own personal experience that when you allow your passion to be the driving engine, it by definition must support you in whatever way, shape, or form it needs to, to allow yeah. you to continue to do that. Now, some people get stuck on the idea of what support is supposed to look like. Because on this planet, people are mostly focused on the idea that you need money. Mm -hmm. As we said in the example of the photographer, that's not always true. There are other forms of abundance. Being given a gift is a form of abundance. Synchronicity is a form of abundance. Um, trading for something like she did like is she a did. form of abundance. Exactly. Yeah. And imagination is a form of abundance. Let's talk about imagination. I, we, we only have about 30 minutes. This is an abbreviated interview. We'll have you back. I'm not going to get to everything, but I, when you say imagination, that's why I say aha. Yeah. Imagination 
and improvisation. All part there of There is magic implicit in that process, Daryl. I've always felt that. Let's talk about that, because I know yeah. uh, Bashar has spent lots of time talking about yeah. the potency of imagination. Well, it is, because imagination brings you alternate pathways to try. It, it makes you think of things that you may not have thought of before that will take you down a place that will get you where you need to go. Imagination, according to Bashar, is the actual conduit of communication from the higher mind. You're given probabilities. You're thinking of outside the box. You're thinking of new ways you can do things. And that opens doors that you might not otherwise have been able to open. So imagination is a very powerful form of abundance because it brings probabilities right. to you you may not have thought of otherwise. And yet so many people, again I talk about today, are loath to, to spend enough time to exercise imagination. It reminds mm -hmm. me of um, the imaginal realm the, the work of French philosopher Henri Corbin, I believe, and I wrote about him in my book about the imaginal realm, mm -hmm. that there's actually um, almost a science to this process oh, yeah, of going yeah. into a state and you can exercise in any way you want. It's, yes. you know, it's a form of a, a <clears throat> visualization, but it's more than that. It is. It's resonance. It, it's energy. It's frequency. It's vibration. Absolutely. Everything is. And again, it has to be matched then it has if to it's be animated enough. Absolutely. You have to match the frequency. If you're not in the same wavelength, you can't experience what is germane to that wavelength. Right. You have to be there before you can experience it. Even Einstein said something similar. It's like you can't solve a problem from the same level in which the problem was created. Mm -hmm. You have to go to a higher level where the solution exists. Mm -hmm. So it's all about resonance. It's all about matching the frequency that contains what you need instead of staying on the frequency where the challenge was created. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, fear mm -hmm. obviously has been um, <clears throat> you know, a constant uh, for, for generations in preventing us from feeling free But it's not the exercise. fear that prevents us, it's our definition of what fear okay. is that prevents us. Fair enough. Because Bashar has said, make fear your friend. Because fear is just telling you, hey, there's something in your beliefs that's not working for you. That's why you're afraid. You're out of alignment. Again, it's frequency, it's energy, it's resonance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What we experience physically as the sensation of fear is something that's out of alignment energetically okay. in you. So if you go, ah, thank you for bringing that to my attention, fear. Now I can figure out what I would have to believe is true about myself, what I think is true about myself, in order to feel this. Because it's putting you in touch that something's out of alignment. That's a positive thing, and that's a positive way to use fear. Okay, I get that. So it's that. our definition of fear that gets us into trouble, not so much the fear itself. That's something to really ponder. Uh, so I'm thinking about fear that is imposed, or at least the perception mm -hmm. of it being imposed upon mm -hmm. us by, let's say, outside factions. I mean, let's let's be clear: fear is being uh, pushed through our media's of daily. Of course, because that keeps us at a level that? where we can't necessarily find our way out. Right. I mean, really, the interesting paradox to me here and to Bashar is. Yes, of course, there are certain people that we think of as having power. But the real power is making you think they have more power than they do. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's through the idea of fear that keeps people at a certain vibrational level where they are prone to believe that people have more power than they do. The waking up to the idea that you have to accept the truth of that fear mm -hmm. is your choice. And so you're keeping yourself in that fearful state by agreeing 
that there is something to be afraid of. Now, I'm not just talking about the idea of survival mechanisms. We understand that fear can do very positive things when it's keeping you alive. Right. I'm just talking about the idea of ideas. And the real power that someone has is in convincing someone else that they have more power than they do. Because if people just suddenly realize that it's just all about what you choose to buy into that keeps you where you are, then you can realize how easy it is to be free by seeing it as a mechanism that you can shift. It's not something that just happens automatically. It's something that is in your unconscious or conscious mind that buys into an idea that you're being offered and gets you to agree that that's more real than what you prefer to believe is real. As soon as you understand it's just a belief, you can make it's it relative. disappear. Yeah. Well, this brings us full circle in our remaining minutes. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, full circle when we're talking about the illusory nature, the malleability, illusory nature of time, mm -hmm. the malleability and the plasticity of reality. Right. That would make sense in that context. Yeah, absolutely. It's if, all physics to Bashar. Yeah. <clears throat> this is a conundrum to a lot of people. This is something, an idea that has resonated with mm -hmm. me for, for some time, and yet there's still lots of mystery. I say explore <clears throat> the mystery, don't be afraid. You know, I say that all the time. Uh, but if let's assume that time is time as we understand it is an illusion yeah. reality is reality an illusion or at a minimum it's flexible yes what isn't an illusion what bashar calls the laws the five laws you exist there's nothing you can do to change that everything is here and now there's nothing you can do to change that the one is the all the all are the one can't change that what you put out is what you get back you can't change that Everything changes, except the laws. You can't change that. Not illusory. <laughs> no, what? what he's saying is those laws are an actual description of the structure of existence. Everything else is a combination of those ideas and then is nothing more than a perspective, a belief, or an opinion. And that can all be changed. But the structure doesn't change. You exist and you always will. Because non-existence, by definition, doesn't exist. Annihilation, not non-existence, by definition, doesn't exist. Its quality is to not exist. That's what non-existence means. Sure. I so that, that which exists doesn't become that which doesn't exist. That's not its quality. Its quality is to exist. So if you exist, which you do, you will change your form. You'll change your experience. But you will always be you. Whatever you are as the unique reflection of all that is, that never changes because existence never changes. And you are part of existence. Mm. So. I see some paradox. A lot always, makes sense. Always paradox. But in the paradox, this is a quote that I live by, well, I try to live by <laughs> and love. And it's by F. Scott Fitzgerald. <clears throat> you all have heard me say it. I'm going to say it again. He said, the test of a first-rate intelligence is the ability to hold two opposed ideas in mind at the same time and still retain the ability to function. Absolutely. This is right? why Bashar himself... You've done that well. <laughs> thank, thank you. That's why Bashar himself, when he talks about paradox, says that paradox is the point of power. When you are understanding paradox, you understand that what seem to be complete opposites come from the same center. And if you're in that center, you understand how these things appear to be opposites, but 
in some sense, have to still originate from the same point in the middle. And that's why he says, existence is not really a polarity, it's a trinity. There's yes. always a balance point in the center. Right. And isn't there, wouldn't at some point, Daryl, be a convergence between, we talk about left and right hemispheres of the brain, mm -hmm. and in training those, you know, we look at them as disparate, but they're actually mm -hmm. designed to work together, even though it, they appear to be uh, separate. Yes. In the evolved state, can we imagine man one day integrating what appears to be polarity to create a third reality? I've heard that idea Absolutely, discussed. because that to me is exactly what Bashar and his people represent. So we can evolve to that point. If we understand the principles that he's saying are the principles of the nature of existence and apply them, we will naturally evolve to that point. Mm -hmm. So yes. There it is. You heard it from the man. <laughs> You know, I'm so jealous of you, man. You get to have Bashar no. on speed dial. That is just not fair. I'm kidding. I doubt that's the case. We all have our connections. <laughs> Listen, my dear, what a pleasure it is to be in your presence again. Oh, I'm so excited. Too. We're going to be. I'll be introducing Daryl in about two hours. Yeah. And you know something? I think, well, by the time we air this interview, um, uh, we're doing a live stream. You, you'll get the details. And I think you can even come back. Uh, we'll have a link at the bottom of uh, the show where you can actually see uh, Bashar in action for this particular talk. So we'll have details on that. But in the meantime, let's get to the business of getting Bashar on stage, shall we? We shall. All right. Thank Thanks you again, so Darryl. much. I appreciate it. Love you it. much. You too. And love you guys too. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Take care.